Hello, I'm Andrew Suskind, and I'm a psychotherapist and author based on the west side of Los Angeles since 1992, specializing in trauma and addictive compulsive behaviors. Welcome to my podcast, named after my recent book, It's Not About the Sex. Here we have honest conversations related to compulsive sexual behavior and trauma, all from a sexual health perspective. Our intention is to offer fresh viewpoints and practical strategies toward establishing greater intimacy and a more deeply connected life. Let's begin. Hello, Sue. Hello, Andrew. It's the holidays once again. Oh my goodness. Now that is very seasonal. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for getting me in the in, in the mood. But what we discussed, you and I, is that this would be an opportunity for us to talk once again, we've done this once before, but this is a little different, around some tips, some holiday tips for people in recovery. And when, when I was looking at the tips that I wanted to share, I realized that I, I wanted to borrow them from my upcoming workbook. As you know, my, my workbook, It's Not About the Sex is coming out February 22nd. That's my promo. And um, I'm really excited about it. And there's, at the end, there's a whole list of resources and tips and things like that. So I, I, I decided to pick and choose from that and share with our listeners kind of as a little bit of a preview. Yeah, um, how some of these tips might apply to their holiday season. It's wonderful. I always like to get a good tip. (laughs) me too me too so I I used to work in a restaurant and when I got a tip no that's a different kind of tip oh that's a different kind of tip but I liked getting tips back well this can go into your mental bank exactly that's right very clever so let's just go through the tips together and we're going to alternate and I'm going to start off with what I call practicing emotional resilience skills Mm. And there's a lot of talk out there about emotional sobriety, and and it's so helpful, I think, the people that are researching and talking about it. But the term emotional resilience just landed for me in a little different way. And when I think about emotional resilience, I, I think about what I call the four R's, and they go like this, relax, regulate, respond, and relate. And as I say that out loud, I, I think we could actually do our whole podcast on on the four R's. Could, yep. Yeah. But basically, relaxation is an art. It's not just vegging in front of the TV. So it's it's finding ways to truly slow down and calm the nervous system. Regulation is also related to the nervous system and, and finding that resilient, buoyant part of us. And responding instead of reacting is a practice. I call it the tongue biting exercise. <laughs> and relate is is where are those relationships that you can really count on? Who are those people who are emotionally reliable and are completely in your corner? So those are what I call the four R's of emotional resilience. Those are bonus because you're getting four. Not just exactly. That's right. All right. So um, next we have conscious breathing, which is like, well, on I conscious of breathing, but this is really paying attention to each breath. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
our breath is is really our life force, right? Yeah, that's all we got. Yeah, and it, we take it for granted. And so conscious breathing is the idea that we can just observe, right? It's a mindful practice of yeah. observing our breath. And I so- just, I went over this the other day in one of my groups where I was noticing a lot of people do shallow breathing because I do deep breathing as we enter and come to the meeting. So I, I put this video on and it wrapped, a, the woman wrapped a piece of tape around her, her um, ribs. And she mm. was talking about like fish breathing, like mm. gill, like really breathe into your body. Wow. And people like, I get it. I get it. <laughs> they had to see that whole thing. It was great. So I was like, ah, oh, this is good. This is good. So it sounds like you're recommending for people possibly to to try that exercise, but at the very least to give themselves an, an opportunity. It can only it doesn't even have to be a long stretch of time. It can be 20 seconds, 30 seconds. Yeah. yeah. So excellent. So that's breathing. The next tip is grounding. And many of you as listeners have heard me talk about grounding. I'm just going to say it briefly. All you have to do to ground yourself at any given moment, 24-7, is to start by noticing your breath without changing it in any way, but then notice how your body is being supported by the chair beneath you or the cushion beneath you or the bed beneath you, but just notice the weight of your body being supported, both your back and your full weight, including your lower torso. So that's a way to ground yourself, which is is really a nervous system regulation kind of skill. It's wonderful. Um, next, we have your favorite music or relaxation music or the bilateral sounds. And these you can find on YouTube, probably on Spotify. Obviously, you can make your own playlist. And I like to do this as a mood enhancer. You know, it's just if you're in a funk or feeling melancholy i have a playlist just ready to go so just earth wind and fire oh yes <laughs> <laughs> for those who don't know yes go to youtube and check it out why it just gets you moving yeah one thing i want to say about bilateral sounds is they're very slow movement from one ear to the other and i'm not promoting this company necessarily but the company that seems to put out the most bilateral music that I've used for brain spotting is called Bodhi Tree. Mm -hmm. And so if you look up Bodhi Tree, um, you can purchase or, or check out the bilateral sounds. My favorite one is Solitude because Solitude is one 47 minute track. Mm -hmm. wow. So it doesn't shift. It just goes all the way through. And then the next thing, the next tip is exercise and movement. And I almost hesitate to use the word exercise because it's not meant to be something that is to cause any kind of uh, task or to-do list or anything like that. But any kind of movement, you know, I, I I love swimming. Like I go swimming three days a week. It's, it's, mm. it's just part of my routine and it's great. I also walk the dog in the neighborhood and, and walk with a friend nearby once a week. And, and I also stretch sometimes just stretching can be very useful in itself. Absolutely. Um, next we have track moments of self-compassion and minimize the self-attack. 
it's so automatic for many of us. It's really the inner critic that mm -hmm. has been around for a long, long time. But when we practice mindful self-compassion, it's really the antidote to the inner critic, right? It's turning down the volume on one and turning up the volume on the other. And it works. It does. It truly works. It's, it's, it's neural pathways that are being rewired. So the next tip is embrace imperfection. Now, no, I, I, I laugh. <laughs> I laugh. Yeah. <laughs> <Shh>. <laughs> I laugh because I, I, I often say that I'm a recovering perfectionist, which I am. As a kid, I was painfully perfectionistic. And nowadays, mm, there's echoes of that, but but nothing like it used to be. So the idea of embracing imperfection is just being human mm -hmm. and knowing that we'll stumble and fumble and that over the holidays, it's challenging at times, it's joyful at times, but it's it's not easy. So knowing that it's it's going to be imperfect is is one thing to keep in mind. I love that. Um, welcome to solitude and stillness. And this time of year when, you know, naturally things are dying and it's a great time to do a cleanse actually, but um, go to the woods if you're, if you're lucky enough to be able to do that or find a, a carve out a little space in your home that um, you can actually find solitude and stillness. I love to reconnect with nature during this time of the year. Can you mention the woods that, that, you knew back east that was part of your background yeah i mean that's what i would do um walk into the woods out in concord mass where you know walden pond is and thoreau went to find solitude i mean that was like what he wrote about there is finding that solitude and not being afraid i know people that can't go into their homes without having some sort of sound or the tv on or the radio on or even driving, sometimes just shut it off, you know, it's just kind of, yeah. just be. And, and keeping in mind that loneliness is often part of the holidays, that's okay. But whatever you can do to, to really be good company for yourself, to really be attentive to what it means to do something that's soothing or that is enjoyable, like some of the things we're, we're mentioning here. So the next tip is doubling up on contact with people and pet who regulate your nervous system. And what I always say is that there are those people and pets in your life who are emotionally reliable, who you can really count on, and who are totally in your corner. And during the holidays, it's even more important to double up on that contact because that helps with any anxiety that's coming up. It's very soothing and comforting. Oh, for sure. Um, identify and share gratitude. So sometimes we don't really notice or um, recognize the gratitude that's coming towards us, um, but it's wonderful to be able to express that as well. And this is a great time to to share that gratitude, whether you're Christian or not. It's kind of the season, right, to um, to just show gratitude towards others and and appreciate the things in your own life. Right. And and in the 12-step tradition, there's a lot of talk about gratitude, but it's another thing practicing gratitude. And so I know that when I talk to somebody in program and I make a, at least a call a day, I start my call with a naming one 
bit of gratitude because mm -hmm. I, I don't want to just bitch and moan. I want to make sure that I'm talking about things that are also um, nourishing me. So the next tip is to cultivate pleasure and play. Now, this is not always easy during the holidays, especially if, if you're not around folks who you feel are pleasurable or playful. But whatever you can do to give yourself a space during the holidays to unwind, to find some kind of pleasure, whether it be through some kind of uh, experience or, or food or music, um, and and to to play. I mean, I happen to have a dog, and as you do as well, Sue, who are very playful, and they're twenty four seven entertainment, right? <laughs> so cultivating pleasure and play is is just a reminder that especially during the holidays, it's so important to focus on that. All right. And taking in nature, I kind of mentioned this earlier, didn't yeah. know this was coming up, but it's what a great place also to be able to ground yourself. And along those lines, if if you can take in really the the bite-sized chunks of nature. I have a hummingbird feeder outside my dining room window. And this time of year, there aren't so many hummingbirds. But once in a while, <laughs> it, it will come by and, and take its drink. And I try and savor that because I, I love hummingbirds, number one. But number two, it's it's a piece of nature that that I'm inviting yeah. and sometimes does a little a little visit. That's beautiful. Yeah, I really want to plant a butterfly garden next year. Beautiful. There's so many butterflies come through here, and I'm like, I feel bad. I'm not feeding them. Yeah. The next tip is around feelings, and it's about recognizing all feelings as relevant, but temporary. And I, I emphasize the word temporary because they're <laughs> kind of like clouds, right? They, they feel sometimes like you're stuck in a moment, to quote... Um, Bono, I think you too had that that song, <laughs> but also that eventually they move through. And it's important to just remind yourself that feelings are relevant, right? And let, you know, it's okay to take a look at them and understand them and all that, but that they're going to move through and mm -hmm. just to kind of have that understanding and faith. Um, building effective boundaries, um, the ability to say yes, no, and maybe I used to always say yes to absolutely everything. And I'm really learning now how to say no to things. What I always have learned, and this was actually from my coach, is that the more we're able to say no, the bigger yes will be available on the other side. Hmm. So keep that in mind that, that you always have the choice of saying yes or saying no or saying maybe, right? Sometimes we forget and go into automatic pilot, but we always have choice. The next tip, know that you're never locked into anything. And what's so important about that is sometimes there's this obligatory loyalty mm -hmm. idea that you're supposed to show up in a certain way. You're supposed to fly across the country on Christmas Eve or whatever the case might be. And the truth is, is that Sometimes it's very generous to show up to events, especially with family. And sometimes it's okay to say no or to put boundaries around it and say, oh, I'll go for two days, but I'm not going to go for five days, something right. like that. Mm -hmm. So just keep that in mind. Know that you're never, ever locked into anything. 
Um, stay curious. I love this one. Stay curious about how you're feeling about things, you know, identify the different situations you might be in and, and understand a little bit more about why, ask those why questions and, and try to figure those things out for yourself. Sure. I mean, there's a real open heartedness and, and curiosity, isn't there? Yeah. And, and so it's, it's, it's just being open-hearted and, and, and kind of checking out what, what, what it's like to notice, you know, what's going on inside of you, what's going on around you, et cetera, et cetera. The next one is, is not an easy one for those of us in recovery, but it's asking for help. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I hope that, that all of you listening are getting better at asking for help. I know that I'm better, but, but have more, more kind of practice to, to go. Um, but, but asking for help is, is very powerful because what we're saying to ourselves is that we're biologically wired for connection. We're biologically wired for belonging and for love and asking for help is all part of that, right? It's, it's letting somebody, well, first of all, it's letting ourselves know where our limitations are, Mm -hmm. but also it's letting someone else know that, that we're willing to invite them to, to be there with us. I, I can't emphasize how significant asking for help truly is. Oh, for sure. And you know, it's tough being vulnerable, right? You're putting yourself in a position, someone could say no, right? So exactly. And the last one, is receive love. And again, if you're a listener to this podcast, and we've talked about this in the past, but being open to receive love is sometimes a challenge. But being mindful of that and being open to it, it could be a wonderful thing for you to feel and experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, my theory, and I've shared this before, is that many people in recovery, maybe most people in recovery, especially sexual recovery, have difficulty receiving love. But the healing direction is really about opening the heart safely and gradually in such a way that the love around you can truly be taken in, not just uh, an intellectual process, but but more of a an embodied process of, of what it's like to really feel the love and and know when when someone is offering their love to you. What a great list. Thank you. I I I I'm excited that we get to share this. I also <laughs> wanted to kind of end things with something that was shared with me a long time ago. It's not part of the list, but it kind of goes along with the list and it goes like this. The outside world doesn't dictate what's going on inside of you. It's a practice to come back to yourself, no matter what's happening around you. And the reason I included this is because the holidays are often a time of anxiety and fear. And it's important to remind ourselves and tell our our brain, it's kind of like brain training in a way, that what's going on outside of us doesn't dictate what's going on inside of us. Mm. And that it, the implication is that we have ways, whether it be through meditation or through music or through love or through nature, 
that, that all of these things, all of these tips are really about regulating the nervous system, decreasing the anxiety and the fear, and, and feeling more resilient, right? Mm-hmm. More emotionally resilient, more buoyant even. Yeah, it's wonderful. If we can embrace all of these things, it will really help you get through your holidays and your stress that's around that surrounds it. It's worth trying. Well, even if uh, if someone tried one or two of these, it's not a. Uh, this is an exhaustive list. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, is yeah. Kind of, you don't you don't have to pick them all. <laughs> no, you don't have to take them <laughs> on all. Monday, on Monday, I'm going to do this. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No overachieving, but but the idea really is to pick and choose and and yeah. and trial and error, see what fits for you. I look forward to seeing them in uh, in your new book. Yeah, February twenty second. Sue, I wish you a a very peaceful and healthy holiday season and new year. Thanks. And you too. All right. Take good care. Take care. Uh Bye-bye. Bye, Sue. Thanks for listening today. It was really terrific sharing the time with my colleague, my friend, my sidekick, Sue Merlino, and discussing this really meaningful topic for the holidays. If you're so inclined, please give us a five-star rating and be sure to subscribe and share my podcast with those who may benefit. I look forward to you joining us the next time and don't forget to stay connected.